Is Jesus only in our midst when two or three are gathered? Next up on this episode of the Kingdom Project Podcast. Welcome to a new episode of the Kingdom Project Podcast. We are going to get into more context. And we will be looking at Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, I believe it is. Yes, Uh, we will be looking at that in context. But let me again share something with you that I enjoy. And maybe I enjoy it so much that I may actually love it. I'm not sure. I think I do. I think it's the... uh, Okay. I'm going to tell you. There's a video game, all right? came out like a month ago and our boy was like really he was like I gotta have this game like before it came out it's like okay anyway we got it and thought because school is out because of the the virus and all that that this you know we'll have a new game it'll be fun and uh he really wasn't into (laughs) he really wasn't into it that much he likes it However, there's way too much stuff in there you have to do. So he likes stuff that he's comfortable with. Um, I don't think he likes to to, to learn um, a new game that can be a lot like another one, but they're totally different, if that makes sense. If you're a gamer, you know what I mean. So the fam- the family here, we are gamers. Anyway, I was like, I'm going to, I'll play, I'll play the game and I will you know, I will work, work it up to where, you know, uh, a lot of things are unlocked and all that stuff. Anyway, it's called Animal Crossing. Okay. It's not the first Animal Crossing that's ever been out, but I never played them at all. So this one is called New Horizons and it's like one of the, supposed to be one of the, the most fully customizable games, uh, that's ever been released. So the gist of it is, you move to this island. It's a deserted island, but this guy is selling islands. They're setting up little communities on islands. So you can craft and you have to get wood and supplies and other materials. And you go from a tent to having a house to and then building onto your house and getting other people to move to your island and you start to get the island reviewed and you want to get at least a three-star reviewing on this island. When you get the three-star review, you can actually start to get really more into customizing things. So anyway, (laughs) you can always take a plane to other islands so you can gather other materials and hopefully you'll find materials there or trees and flowers there that won't be on your island. Uh, so you can bring them back to your island because you dig them up and then you plant them on your island. And then so other like fruit that's not native or flowers and stuff like that that's not native to your island is worth a lot more because you can take this stuff and sell it and you have to sell that because you have currency on the island. And the currency helps you buy other things and build onto your house and things like that. So there's a lot of repeating and a lot of it's repetitive in this game. And I think that's why I like it because I can just go in every day and check in, get my mile rewards for the day, go chop a bunch of wood, gather pears, gather coconuts, go to another Island 
and uh, gather weeds and flowers and tulips and animals, uh, insects, not animal, insects and fishing. You can do that too. Take that back to the island. So there's a whole like list of things I have to do every day that I need to get done. And then I always want to keep a big, a nice uh, uh, storage, you know, of wood and iron and clay and things like that. <laughs> it's like such a nerd now talking about it on here, but I really like the game. So I, but here's the thing. I need peaches. Okay. And I've already mentioned this. I need peaches. I need a peach tree and I need apples. So if you listen to this podcast and you happen to play Animal Crossing, I need the Dodo code so I can get to your island and we can we can uh, trade or you'll just be nice enough to give me peaches and apples. Okay. That's what, I just need peaches and apples. Um, I think that's about all I need. Uh, or the only thing I really want, uh, I really want those. Okay. And I've got, you know, I'm doing really good in the stock, not the stock, the stock market. I've got tons of turnips and things like that. So (laughs) I can trade, I need peaches. So that's the thing I really like. And I probably, probably just love, I play it every day because you have to go in it every day because the game runs in real time. And the, unless you time travel, which is you messing with the day and time uh, on the Nintendo, and now it's getting weird. So let me get to the content. <laughs> so we started off with how to read the Bible, give you some principles, and things like that uh, in interpreting, keeping things in context. So I'm using verses that are very popular and use out of context uh, a lot. All right. So. Matthew 18, verse 20. We're just going to take a look at that. And it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Now, here's the thing. why We know the Lord's inside of us, right? He's in our midst when we're alone. Why is, what's the thing here about two or three that are gathered? Okay. Well, it's very common verse. We all know it. We've heard it. We've probably said it ourselves. Um, it's we. It, it's usually used in agreement to a prayer or some sort of a decree, de- declaration, something like that. Okay, but that's not what the verse is about at all. All right. So we have to ask. Okay, what was Jesus Jesus talking about? If it's not uh, an agreement to uh, a statement or a prayer or something like that. Okay. So. You should, you should know if you're familiar with the Gospels that Jesus talked about Jewish laws and court, uh, cultural norms a lot of the times. And when he did, he was uh, putting something in there extra that would have been like a twist, you know, like, ooh, what a twist. It was like this extra twist to them that would better reflect the, the meaning and the kingdom of God uh, and totally just destroy, like, the, the scribes uh, interpretations a lot of times uh, of the law. Okay. So here in Matthew 18, he's, he's, that's what he's doing. Okay. So he's referring first off to an important part of the old Testament law, the Mosaic law, which is about church discipline. Now it, in your Bible, we have these headings um, where the, you know, 
verses are broken up and there's these headings and these headings were put there by man. But a lot of times they fit good. Sometimes they don't, but it may say church discipline or uh, ESV will say if a brother sins against you. And that's what is the heading for this little part is 15 through 20. So we got to go up to 15. Remember, never tear just one verse and have it stand on its own. It's not going to happen most of the time. Okay. So go up a little bit, go down a little bit. All right. So we're going to look at this in context. We'll go up to 15. And because Jesus is, is explaining to the people how to handle church discipline. All right. So if a brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But it, If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Then Peter came up and said to him, I'm going to go on, even though there's it's separated in most Bibles. You need to go on a little bit. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy, uh, seven times. Okay. <clears throat> so, So Jesus is explaining if there's this issue, somebody sinned against you or they, they could, could be a multiple, uh, multiple things going on here. All right. But if they sinned against you, you have an issue with them. Uh, even if they're starting to get into some, some error in theology and things like that. Okay. That Jesus starts to lay out this pattern, this standard here. Okay. One, like, you go talk to them privately about it. If they refuse to repent at that point, grab two or three friends. Okay. These are people that you would trust in the church. Who's going to back you up when you talk to them the second time. If they still refuse to say, sorry, take your friends uh, with you. Take the ones that were with you talking to the person and speak to the church about the issue. If the church confronts this person, still refuse to repent, apologize, or make uh, amends, then you have permission to have a bad opinion of this person and never have anything to do with them again, and even ask them to leave. Okay. Uh, in, in in other words, you can actually symbolically kick them out of the church if you if if, if that's what's going on. So notice that Jesus gives the offender four chances here to make amends and repent okay now that's four is actually probably more than many of us would give uh, a lot of times okay um, but you have to notice here that his church has to be able to work in uh, in harmony here all right and that's that's why there's it's privately and then two or more and all this okay so the gathering then 
of two or, or three is that Jesus' words reflect what every Jewish person would have known from the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament, okay? And this is coming specifically from the book of Deuteronomy, which talks about disputes that happen within the church. And since the Jewish men, they, they were required to memorize the first five books of the Old Testament, okay? They would have instantly understood what Jesus was referring to here in this instance, okay? And this is Deuteronomy 17, verse 6. It says, whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death on the testimony of two or three witnesses. He shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. And then in Deuteronomy 19.15, it says, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. Okay. Now, this also comes into play with a woman that's caught in adultery. Um, which I've done a whole episode on. Okay. So, um, how the, this is dealing like how to convict someone of wrongdoing is a standard of practice that they are all familiar with. That's the point that you should have two or three people with you to testify on your behalf. They don't necessarily have to be a witness to the crime, but just a witness to your integrity. And so the difference in this case is that Jesus isn't talking about bringing the offender before earthly church leaders to argue your case. His emphasis is more on the spiritual aspect of it. Okay, and what I mean now is the whole um, surrounding context of the book of Matthew. Excuse me. And in the book of Matthew... Jesus amends the Jewish law over and over to remind us that he will be there with them through the process, right? Uh, Jesus is affirming that he will be divinely present among his disciples as they seek unity in rendering decisions, which is rightly understood also as an affirmation of omnipresence and his deity, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of binding and loosing, too. Um, it has nothing to do with bind this thing up over there or whatever. This is binding and loosing has to do with doctrine and uh, teaching and discipline. So what this all means is not only is Jesus with you as you deal with this offender, but he also becomes a witness to your integrity and the purity of your heart, your dignity, as you approach this person and dealing with them. So this 15 through 20 all fits into the theme of the entire chapter. So now you deal with the, the, the immediate context, all right? The surrounding context is that the process of church discipline comes immediately after he tells the parable of the lost sheep. And before the parable of the master who forgave his unrepentant servant for being unable to pay his debts. So Jesus is instructing the people about restoring someone who has gone astray, which is a lost sheep, and then assigning justice to the matter, and then forgiveness as the master did for his unrepentant servant. And then you have reconciliation. That God assures us that as we go through this process of bringing 
bringing our brother or sister uh, that that is in Christ back into the fold of the church, that God will be a part of this whole procedure and bless us for it. And that's really the whole the whole thing. And then you get this whole. Uh, that's why I kept kept reading with Peter. Peter Peter suddenly is just like, uh, wait, like, uh, hey, like, <laughs> how how often should I forgive? Right? I I can do it up to seven times. And seven times in that culture, all right, you have to remember to forgive somebody seventy times then would have been an extraordinary claim to make. It would require an amazing amount of forgiveness as far as they were concerned. And that's why he brings it up in that way. But Jesus looks at Peter and says, no, I don't say up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Right. Now I'm I'm wondering if I uh, well, but 70, uh, 77 times or 70 times seven, depending on the translation. All right. So, but 70 times seven still, that doesn't matter. So I've had, you know, people have done the math and say, so that many times, that's how many times you have to forgive somebody. No, he's, he's not trying to give you a, a, a math problem. The answer does not matter. What Jesus is saying is that we are to love as he loves, forgive as he forgives, and that reconciliation can be had. Right. However, there, there are rules and things to be applied within church discipline. So it has nothing to do with getting together, praying about one certain thing, or uh, you know, uh, binding and loosing or making a decree or a declaration of some sort of statement. And as long as you have two or more people to gather with you in agreement on that, then it will be established here on earth because it will be established in heaven. Um, because there's people who who want to put that emphasis on it. Uh, it rather, though, the main emphasis here or is on the context. It has to do with restoring somebody uh, through discipline by approaching them about their sin or uh, a particular a particular doctrine or something they believe in or don't believe in, and and in reconciling them and restoring them back into the fold of the church. And Jesus is there uh, in the midst of this blessing, the integrity and the intentions of your heart in this restoration that's taking place. If that brother or that sister refuses after those four times that he's laid out, then they can, uh, you, you, you can wash your hands of it, so to speak. And that's it. That's what the meaning is of two or three gathered. That is the context. All right, there's another episode. If you have any questions, comments, disagreements, feel free to send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have any peaches on Animal Crossing, let me know. Until then, be a must be loving. Thanks for listening.